Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. So, Phil, today we have our first guest on the Sea Captain Way podcast. Um, Chad Myers came on board as an executive coach at Sea Captain Coaching back in the fall of 2021. And he has specialized expertise in developing a growth mindset and post-traumatic growth life coaching. He also co-authored a book called Blind Vision about his dad's journey of self-discovery from a blinded Vietnam veteran to successful multi-million dollar salesman and motivational speaker. So how did your paths cross, you and Chad? Where did you meet? Or what was your impression of Phil Bender? He's a hard not to like Phil. He's uh, got a big personality. And what did he tell you about Sea Captain Coaching, what it is he's doing, Chad, that appealed to you? First of all, you're right. Phil's personality, he's larger than life. Uh, the, he really seems to care about people. Very genuine. So that's the kind of people I want to hang out with and get to know mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. And uh, I could tell that Phil is mission-driven and value-driven and vision-driven. And uh, so it just kind of clicked with me because we seem to have similar mission and vision. And so I just said, well, I just want to stay connected and see where this leads. Yeah. So Chad, life took a radical shift over the last couple of years because of COVID. And I know you've been working with your clients in your leadership coaching to help them adapt to these changes and embrace opportunities for post-COVID growth. Um, what are some of the challenges those leadership positions are facing right now? Do you think as we're coming out of COVID and still dealing with the after effects? Yeah, that's a great question. I even heard many, many people talk about this across many different sectors, but it seems to be adapting to all this change. Mm. The brain is always looking for patterns. There's no predictability. There's a lot of unpredictability right now. And so learning how to navigate through this, as, as Phil talks about, is, is helping people navigate into the uncharted territory or waters we're definitely in the midst of that right now. So I think just understanding what were the effects of COVID for the leaders and also for the staff and the employees and the, the team, there's been many effects that I don't think people quite understand. So just creating a greater a level of awareness of what the isolation did to some people. Mm -hmm. I think because of all the changes and the unknowns, there was a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, and it just caused a lot of people to reevaluate things. Mm -hmm. I also think that the effects of COVID, um, people a lot of times get stuck when they're uh, fight, flight, or freeze, because again, about this, uh, there's a lot of survival going on as opposed to growth. And mm -hmm. so I think that uh, one of the things that I've picked up on is how do we help people move out of that survival stuck mindset into a growth mindset? And how can we help people move forward and look at a new way of life and a new vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I think all adversity creates opportunity if we know how to manage our fear. Can we manage the fear? And you always do such a nice job of explaining how the, the wiring of the brain and how it, how it affects us, um, you know, that it's, it's uh, wired for scarcity and fear and protection, right? 
And so my question is around the parallels between, you know, post-traumatic growth and in particular, your backstory, your experience that generated the book Blind Vision. Maybe share a little bit about the parallel there. Yeah. So I grew up in a home that where my father actually was practicing post-traumatic growth. I don't think that term even existed back then, but he, my father uh, lost his eyesight in 1967 in Nam. And uh, after you know, rehabilitation and coming back home, he decided I'm, I'm not going to sit around. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, I, I don't want to be a disabled blind guy. And so he, he refused to sit at home. He used to tell me that he was pacing like a caged lion inside the house and he had to do something. And so he, what he did is he said, I'm, I'm going to find a job. I'm going to make a difference. I want to serve. I want to have a purpose. I'm just not going to sit around. And so he reached out and the uh, Mass Mutual Insurance Company, a gentleman gave him a call and somehow, some way, and I won't get into the, all the details, but my father was able to pass all the pre-certification and, and pass the state exam after, and there was no disability acts back then. Uh, you know, it was a, was not an easy road, but one of the things that my father taught me is perseverance, resilience. He was very courageous. And so he got into the insurance world and uh, his mentor did not allow him to make excuses. He said, I do not want to be treated like a blind guy. Mm. And he didn't. And so in his first contract year, he finished uh, number two out of all the new agents. Uh, he won the fresh, it was called the freshman five. And um, I just grew up in a home like that. I, my father, I didn't realize at that time, you know, he was being asked to speak. He spoke uh, with the late Paul Harvey at the Ford Theater in Detroit mm -hmm. and yeah. delivered a speech winning the Oscar Salesmanship Award. And, and then uh, Mass Mutual was like, hey, would you come speak to different agencies around the country? And he was flying by himself. He would mm -hmm. fly in and meet somebody or take a taxi. Sometimes he would stop in Vegas have some fun and go on to his next gig <laughs> all by himself. Right. I'm just, a, a matter of fact, my dad shared that I met a, a, a gentleman and this is the important part that I really want to share is my father was very fortunate to have incredible mentors. He had coaches before coaches was even before coaching even existed. And he met a gentleman uh, at Heinz VA hospital who was a world war II vet who was blind. And he said, Howard, don't let blindness stop you. You need to live life with gusto. And these two like went to Vegas together and did, you know, just painted the town. But uh, he also talked my father into water skiing. He said, Howard, you used to water ski before you lost your eyesight. Why don't you give it a try? I remember sitting in the back of the boat watching my dad drop a ski and slalom water ski across the lake as a blind man. Of course, oh, I, thought that was, I thought that was normal. I, right, right. I didn't even know what was going on. Then all of a sudden, the different people would come over and take my dad for runs, and I would take my dad for a run. He started running. He wanted to run in road races uh, again because he was a track star before he lost his eyesight. Mm -hmm. And uh, he contacted... Um, at that time, the Speaker of the House for the State of Michigan, his name was Bobby Krim. And Bobby had created a, a race called the Krim Festival of Races, which is one of the biggest races in the nation. And it's, uh, most of it goes to 
charities like Special Olympics. And my father uh, called him up and said, I'd like to run with you. <laughs> and so Bobby had a really, really busy schedule. He agreed to it. They weren't able to train together, but Howard and Bobby ran together a 10 mile race. And that's when my father's running career started off. And he's probably ran in 70, 80 races over his lifetime. He still runs. He trots. I make fun of him. I said, you're trotting like a little old lady, dad. <laughs> you know, you don't run anymore, but I'll tell you what, he at 75, he's still out there exercising and trying mm. to uh, stay mentally sharp and, and physically sharp. Well, it, it, it certainly makes sense as you share that. What a powerful story about that. And so many themes that I can see now how you apply those with the folks that you coach. Chad, I'm curious, based on the like incredible example of perseverance and resilience that your dad set for you, if you're, if we can like flash forward, what kind of advice do you share with your clients about helping them get through tough times based on what you've learned from the example that your dad set? Yeah, we've shared a lot. We dug deep into this, did a lot of research. And one of the things that we share is you don't get over things, you get through them. Mm -hmm. And my dad and I have shared many, many times, I've shared this with clients, it's like one day at a time sometimes. And so he has really taught me that also you can't do it alone. There's a thing called the tap code that the POWs used. And the leaders uh, in the POW camps knew that they had to keep their men positive and hopeful. And they use a tap code. And one of the things that we talk about is you just can't do it alone. And so my father had, again, lots of mentors growing up. And so I would just share with people, like reach out to people. We talk about this often about the power of vulnerability, the power of courage. The word courage comes from the root word is French, and it means wholehearted living. And so it takes a lot of courage to, to reach out and to become vulnerable. But what you found is my dad shares this, and I share this with people, is trauma, tragedy, adversity can, with a choice, you can become a better version of yourself. You, come, you don't just bounce back. You bounce back higher. You become the best version of yourself because that which doesn't kill us can make us stronger if we are doing certain practices and doing things a certain way. We can grow. And that's that whole growth mindset that we love to talk about, Phil. Yeah, well put. And uh, I think that any client that would work with you, boy, they'd, they'd have nowhere to go, no wiggle room when it comes to relentless pursuit of growth and energy. It's one of the things that I admire most about you is just your outlook. And it's not that uh, everything comes easy for you, for anyone. It's just how you turn it into a learning experience. Those are the things that I've been most impressed with in our time together. So you recently conducted a training seminar on post-COVID growth, which you can, you've said post-traumatic, but also post-COVID. COVID is certainly a relevant uh, piece right now, but how to grow through that. And you recently did this with medical professionals who were right on the front line of all of this. What was that experience like? First, I just kind of just shared with them, like, I guess, empathize and, and with what they had to go through and understand, like, everybody was probably doing the best they could. Trauma's trauma. 
And they've been through probably more than any of us when it came to the COVID and being on the front lines and there's just chaos and loss, being overworked. And then the exodus of many, many medical professionals, especially nurses who just seem to leave saying, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So what we talked about is, is reframing. And we talk about this in coaching all the time. I'm like, okay, so the last two years, what is the story you've been telling yourself? What is the story you've been living? And honor that story. Like it is what happened. And again, we can get through things. And so we talked about how do you rewrite your story? How do you change your story? What can you do to become, again, a better version of yourself and to learn from these experiences and come out stronger. And so we talked about, about a lot about rewriting the story. As you, we talk about is, is that one degree shift, but shifting the storyline. And again, that comes through you know, the coaching and the accountability. And, and, and Phil, I, I want to reiterate this, that your mission statement really spoke to me is meeting someone new every day and hearing their story. I just think it's an honor to listen to people's story and then help them reframe it and create a new story. And then, and then you mentioned too, and I really love this, is walk with them to their destination because it is a, an honor and, and sometimes it takes mentors and coaches and, and, and others to kind of help you through that process. Yeah, thanks for saying that. And uh... Because it is a process. I've had clients where I've had conversation with them where their story is powerful, but they get stuck in the story. Mm. And any story of achievement can also become a limitation at some point if you don't address, okay, what's the next stage and how do you move through it? So we can get stuck in trauma, but we can also get stuck in just the same story being. Uh, repeated over and over again and never quite move forward. So reframing, redirecting, those are things that are very powerful in that process. Yeah. So Chad, I want to circle back a little bit. I know you you mentioned that you have an interest in neuroscience and your coaching curriculum talks about building brain power to improve health and individual performance. How was this done? Well, I, I love neuroscience. I could talk about the brain all day. I'm kind of a brain geek. I try to pipe it down a little bit, but one of the things I know about survival is the brain is really built for growth or survival. I mean, if you want to take it down to the basics. And so when we're stuck, we're surviving and our brain is really not performing at, at the levels it's supposed to. As a matter of fact, sometimes parts of our brain are offline and that's where we get stuck. And so having access to the frontal lobe where our goals and cognitive abilities and our, and then also I really big on coherence, that heart brain connection, because when you get the heart and the brain in coherence, you start making decisions, better decisions, and everything's kind of online. When Phil mentioned the fear factor and going through that terror barrier, that's what really keeps us stuck. And so it's understanding how our brain works and how to get unstuck. And a lot of that has to do with wellness practices, as well as is uh, managing that stress and that fear so that all parts of our brain are working together. And then we can start performing at high levels. I recently was working with a, a client 
who said, performance, I want to be like a V12 engine. And so we started working on the personal aspects of like getting up early in the morning, winning the morning, whatever that means to, you know, it's different for everybody, but getting on a consistent exercise routine and, and, you know, doing some journaling, reflecting and, you know, just doing certain practices, even our nutrition. I think a big problem is that the pandemic has caused a lot of us to isolate too much. We lost a lot of those, that social connection. I call it social medicine. When I did the program with the medical professionals, I even it, there's research now that's even saying that that social connection is just as important as eating and sleeping. It's just so imperative because we were not created to go about this alone. We were created to be social creatures. And so that's a real other key ingredient to, to this as well. Well, that's a really good point. And I do see it. You know, I, I tell a lot of my clients, I say, you know, I don't mind you two-dimensional, but man, three-dimensional is so much better, right? There's just a, there's a difference. But I think we've started as a population, as an organizations I work with have just started to accept that and to do things over Zoom or online or whatever. And there is some destructive power in that. And I got caught in it myself uh, during the pandemic where I, uh, my anxiety got high. I, uh, what is it? Uh, the worst prison sentence you can have is solitary confinement, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, you reference, uh, Chad, care principles to help clients achieve a higher level of motivation, accountability, meaning for their life. Can you explain uh, a little bit about these principles? Yeah, I remember uh, several years ago, I uh, was asked to like, hey, you should probably uh, submit a proposal to the state of Michigan for the Community Mental Health Conference, uh, maybe do a workshop or something like that on the care principles and on your father's story, kind of like taking the diss out of disability. And so they looked at my proposal and they emailed me back and said, would you please be our keynote? Wow, I'm cool. Like, I'm like, whoa, like, uh, wasn't expecting that one. And so we were able to, I'm like, how am I going to do this with my father's story? And I brought some other people in on this as well. And I woke up really early in the morning. I am a true believer in the power of the unconscious mind. I believe that that's kind of controlling most of what's going on. I could talk about the unconscious mind all day long too, about it's that programming that we receive early on and, and even through the media. But that whole programming piece, that unconscious piece was, I remember waking up and all of a sudden the word care came across the screen of my mind. I'm a writer and I just went to my office and I just started writing C-A-R-E, because without that connection, without that relationship piece, not a whole lot's going to get done. Uh, that relationship piece is so important, whether you're a leader or a parent or a teacher I don't care what you're doing. If matter of fact, parents are leaders as well. We're all leaders in some way. Right. And so that relationship piece was so key. And so I really started writing about that. And I realized that through that connection, through that relationship, we're able to aspire a, they aspire, aspire other people to, to believe in them to, they can believe in themselves. The word aspire. And in, in, uh, again, I'm a wordsmith. And so I got deep into that. It's, it means to breathe life into others. 
It means to help people to rise up and soar. I thought, man, that's a powerful word. And then all of a sudden, the R, I started writing about the uh, renewing our mind, rewiring our brain, the, without getting too spiritual here, there is a, a scripture in the Bible that says that uh, we're supposed to renew our minds daily. And so I got to thinking about that, about the, the whole neuroscience and the spirituality piece, like rewire our brain because our brains are, are um, negative bias, especially in the morning. So I realized the importance of really thinking about what I'm thinking about and sharing with people that we really need to take control of our thought life and become an observer of our thoughts and, and really choose thoughts that serve us. My father is very, very clear. I can't afford the luxury of thinking negatively. It would suck my soul dry. I thought, wow, that's it. He realizes, he says, I, I might have a bad day, but I don't, I don't spend too much time thinking about the negative things. I, I, I might feel sorry for myself for a little bit, but that doesn't serve me. And so I really have to be careful with my thoughts because of the I wake up in blindness. I go to bed in blindness. I, so I can't afford to think a negative thought or be around a lot of negativity because that affects us as well. <laughs> so, and then the E is the empowerment piece. I, once we are connected and we can help people aspire to a better life and, and show them how to do it through the, the rewire and renewing our mind process, people then become empowered and it's, they then can go on to to do good, great things with their, their lives and to, to give back and to, and to make a difference in the world and in the community, their communities that they're living in. Wow. Well, that's a terrific thought. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a, uh, I had someone gave me a book called uh, You Can't Afford the Luxury of a Negative Thought when my family was going through a, little, a crisis. And it was a, a cool book. And parts of it were these st- historical statements that people made as like a matter of fact, that in hindsight, you're like, well, uh, there was one that was like a World War II related. The French army is the greatest fighting force on the face of the earth. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe not so much. <laughs> but uh, that's, yeah. that's for our French audience. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. I just lost that whole. Uh, uh, I just lost that whole group. So one thing I want to be sure that we touch on, um, Chad, before we wrap is uh, your previous experience includes working for 25 years uh, as an educator. So how do you apply some of those same techniques you use to help students with personal development and teamwork uh, with your clients now? I got my uh, start um, in Flint, Michigan. I was a school teacher uh, hired by Flint Community Schools. We know the whole nation knows all about Flint because of the water crisis and uh, it was quite the experience the very first day I taught and, and my first year. But one of the things, again, that I realized very quickly, and I don't know, maybe I picked up on this growing up, is the importance of relationships. And so I really began to say, I'm not going to be that, that authoritarian teacher, write your name on the board, that, you know, that crack the whip. That's not what these kids need. They need safety, love, and belonging. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I was young. I I don't know where I picked up on this, but I right away just said, I stood at the door. I greeted everybody in the morning. I let everybody know how much I cared. And really, my I used recess as just like, I was like, hey, here's the reward. We're all going to get our work done and then we're going to go outside. And what did I do? I played with the kids. 
literally like nice. double Dutch jump rope, basketball, football. We build snow forts, snowmen. And I, I started walking around the school and all the kids wanted to come into my classroom. And I really believe it was because not only was I a teacher, but I was like a father figure and a mentor. And the kids picked up on this real quick. And we really were able to accomplish some amazing things you know, those few years I was there. And I've developed uh, rich and deep relationships with many of my students and their parents. And we still, even to this day, communicate and talk about this was nearly 30 years ago. And so that relationship piece is, that's the most important piece. And we were able to build teams. uh, We call them learning communities. And we were operating almost like a business. I literally was treating like I know they're children, but I gave everybody a job and like, you're going to water plants this week. You're passing out papers. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're, you know, you got your work done. You're going to go over and help so-and-so and, you know, you're going to manage, uh, oh, and uh, help me take attendance. I knew how to take attendance, but I give a kid a clipboard. <laughs> Who's not here today? Oh, so, oh, 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 he's not. Okay. So go ahead and get their makeup work ready. So when they come back, put their name on it, you know, literally it was running it just like a business and we had a team and we were cohesive. So I think that that really helped me when I work with clients talking about that, the importance of teamwork. Phil and I have been talking about that lately, and not only working with you know, leaders, but their teams, because uh, it's really all about the team. Awesome. Yeah, that's so well, so well put. You are such an inspirational person, and that's just the best example I can, we can share with the audience is how you how you just lead, how you communicate, how you support people. It's a real gift. It really is. Well, awesome. that's, that's, thank you so much. That's a great compliment, Phil. Yeah. So if somebody wants to work with you, Chad, as a, a coach, I know you have a, a number of different ways you can connect and help people. What's the best way to get that set up? How do they contact you? What's that process look like? Well, I, uh, I'm on the Sea Captain Coaching website, and right. I ha- I'm, can be found at chad at seacaptaincoaching.com. Also, my book, if anybody's interested, Blind Vision, A Veteran's Story from Trauma to Triumph, it is on Amazon and Audible. And um, yeah, I'm on really on all social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and um, LinkedIn. So yeah, that's how you get a hold of me. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Phil, anything to round it out? Anything else to add or we got it knocked? Uh, boy, I think uh, that's a wrap. I'm just, um, you know, if I can just share a couple of things. One is it's a distinct pleasure to have you part of our organization. And as you know, as you, the audience will maybe needs to know is all, all um, uh, Sea Captain coaches are affiliated with Sea Captain, aligned with Sea Captain. And uh, they all have robust practices uh, on their own, but uh, choose the sea captain delivery system. But it, it's just been a real pleasure and great insight. Some things I didn't know about you as well. And we've been talking a lot. So I just uh, want to congratulate you and, and look forward to seeing all the things you're going to do from here. Yeah. Thank you very much. It, it really has been an honor to just hang out with you guys. And I love your sense of humor and your, uh, your mission. Like, again, it's just good stuff hanging out with guys like you. Thank you. Thanks again, my friend and take care. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Talk to you guys soon. 
Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey.